different ways based on the circumstances and situation because it doesn't have any any drive to solidify itself. It already is. Yeah, it's not attempting to. It doesn't feel like it's gonna. If it looks like it isn't, that means it isn't. It doesn't feel that way. I don't see. It is. It's clear on that. So then it can be a lot of things to a lot of people, given the time and the circumstances. So, obviously, people came here tonight, so there's a need to hear a message. Yeah? Or, they enjoy it so much, they're here just to enjoy the space. That's cool. But, the thing is, is to know, if you don't think you need it, and you really need it, you better get here. <laughs> if you... If, if you yeah. Like people talk with me and they really need to do something. Well, they better do that something they really think they need to do. It's, it probably won't work out if they don't. Yeah. So, yeah, there's no need for you to be here, but if you feel like you need to be here, you better be here. <laughs> That's the key. Yeah. So there's no need to be here. Obviously, mind is mind. You know? But if there's a if there's a strong feeling you need to be here, it's very good to be here. <laughs> it's just sort of like when they say, do you have free will or not? Well, if you feel like you have free will, exert it. You know, do the next right thing. <laughs> there can be free will and determinism. Yeah? If something's already determined and there's no free will, there can be the appearance of free will in there. It, you know? Yeah. <laughs> If you make something right here, you're going to be wrong about it. It's just, you've got to see that for me to be right, you don't have to be wrong. But for you to be right, I don't have to be wrong. Yeah. So. But I'll tell you one thing. People are suffering. Yeah. Or they're living suffering. And I would say, let's say there's three states. Let's not just, don't, this isn't, the truth of just sharing you. There's three states that we can we're aware of. There is the physical state, yes, just physical, you know, physical state. Then there is the mental state, yeah. The thoughts sort of you can hear them; they sound like you're they're wrapped in your voice, you know, but it's just the voice in this body. Yes, the thoughts and that interpretive quality and the perceptual. Uh, translation this place because perceptions are facts yeah perceptions are based on seemingly so they appear to be true or false to you yeah so seemingly isn't mean there's that there's no real truth here there's just the meaning that's given it you know, by the mind so i would say that's the mental realm and then let's say there's a spiritual realm, the eye or the spirit or awareness and then the ment- the brain or the mental process has a quality of being conscious so the mind can become conscious of awareness, yeah? Or it can be conscious of all of this, which will cause it to be unaware. Yeah, it can do that. So there's the I, there's the, the me, and there's the you. Now, you have to admit that in most cases during the day, the me seems to be the glutton for all the interest and attention. Yeah? Most of the attention is going to the me, isn't it? 
thoughts are coming and they really seem to grab your attention. You may not smell anything all day. You may not feel another person all day. And when you're picking up a pen, there's no sense of the feeling of it, right? There's just pick up a pen, hitting keypads. You know what I mean? So the emphasis isn't on the physical experience of the senses happening and the consciousness about that. It's just thoughts about it. Thoughts about the past and the future and all this. So I would say the mental condition is getting a lot of attention. And the physical condition isn't really getting much attention. Now, you think you may be giving the physical condition attention, but it's a mental image of the body that most of the time we're attending to, yes? That's why we're so out to lunch. We don't know what's going on, do you? You don't know when you have a cold or a flu. You don't know when you're having allergy attacks or it's the end of the world. You know, you know? sometimes I thought I was going through a, a mystical catharsis and I was just hungry. Just needed a bologna sandwich. It chilled everything out. You know what I mean? There's really not much wisdom or connection with the body. And the eye, obviously, is totally dismissed. Yeah? The only God we know is a conceptual God of our own making. We don't have, we're not rubbing shoulders with God all day and, and sensing the presence of God. We're just sensing our presence most of the day. <laughs> yeah. And then every once in a while, something may override that. And we, we, may, we may call that God, but we always seem to go back to the God of, of uh, consistency. Yes, this. So let's say there's a boat. And then uh, it has a lot of weight distributed on it. Let's say all the weights in the front. It's going to sink quite a lot, right? A little wave is is going to capsize it. It's not going to be able to break through any rough seas. If it's calm, it may look all right. And that's sort of the situation. The mind believes if it gets its circumstances, the situations perfectly set, then it, it will be fine. But basically, it's thrown off by the smallest wave. One thought can ruin your day, in a sense, in the mental realm, can't it? You can be totally having a good day and one thought, one couple of thoughts after the word but, a whole other world appears in the mental realm. But I'm going to be fucked next week or whatever, yeah? So the mental realm, let's say, is getting 90%. And this is more like, you know, they talk about AA as producing a spiritual condition, but I don't believe it does that. I think it diminishes a mental condition, yeah? You get relieved of the obsession with self, which is a mental condition, Yeah? It's not a physical condition. It's a mental condition. The mind has made has gotten an idea that it's a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, and it's basically massaging that all day with thoughts, yes, and interpretations. So it's basically getting most of the uh, the interest and attention. The eye is being totally forgotten because it's been co-opted. Every example of consciousness has been claimed as you doing it, yes. So it, basically, the the mind sort of. Took, took the sense of consciousness and made it or a property of its own and also took the body and made it a property of its own, yeah? When people talk about the body, they go, my body, as if they own a body. Who, who is that that's being inferred as the owner? It's not the spirit, it's a mental idea, the idea of being a self, yeah? Because that's sort of like a, it's sort of like a rape and pillager. It goes in and claims the body for its own purposes, and it claims consciousness for all own purposes, yeah? So it doesn't have much, it's just an idea, but by claiming what's actually happening, which is consciousness, and what it's happening through, which is the physical realm, it sort of gets a life, yeah? It makes up a life, which is an interpretation, because it's not at the firing line, it's not at 
the point of conscious contact. It's after the conscious contact. It's a mental interpretation of which ha what has come to pass. Yeah, it's a mental interpretation of what has come to pass. It's never really engaged with what, when something's coming to pass. It's not in the conscious contact because it's in a mental realm. Yeah, and in that mental realm, it's on a time delay, so it just shows up later all the time. Yeah. And it can never get to the point where it can be exactly at that point of conscious contact because it's something that the consciousness in con is in contact with. <laughs> yeah. The consciousness is in contact with that. We think it's us, but it's a mental idea that consciousness is seen. Yeah. Yeah. So the consciousness is already always precedes everything else, or the awareness. Now the mental process acts as if it's prior to the consciousness. Yeah. And how does it, how is it, does it claim that? It has this assumption or this assumed feeling or an implied sense that I'm the one who's seeing. Yeah? I'm the one who's feeling. And see, it thinks the way it, 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 it's logic works is when it sees thoughts, it can't say it's the seer of the thoughts, it says I'm the doer of the thoughts. So a lot of activities which are not activities, which are just consciousness flooding through, they, it makes them activities. So it makes thinking, it makes seeing thoughts thinking, yeah? It makes seeing, you know, I'm seeing as if I'm doing it, yeah? I'm hearing as if I'm really paying a lot of attention and working hard to hear. I'm hearing. No, hearing occurs, yes? If consciousness is there, hearing occurs. If you have, an, you know, the, the ear, ear canal and the eardrums in there and you're facing in the right position, you're going to hear whatever is happening out there. It's not a chore or something you did. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're not going to practice hearing better. i got to go home and practice hearing today. You know? No, you're not, you know? <laughs> it's not going to, you know? Because consciousness is providing all of that. So it claims the consciousness. You forget that consciousness is providing everything, is all there is, and you take yourself to be that. I'm all that I am. Yeah? Or all, I'm all that I think about. Even if it's not much, I'm still all that I think about. Yeah? So the mental process, way too much attention, serious, and interest. Way too much preoccupation. What we're doing, in, well, in recovery, and even in this sense, we're just attempting to diminish the mental condition and what better way to diminish it than to remove its center, which is self. Yeah? The idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity is the center of self-centeredness. That's why it's called self-centeredness. So, and that is a mental condition, self-centeredness, yes? It's not a physical condition, nor a spiritual condition, mental condition. So we're going to just question, am I that? If you're not that, and that self drops out of it, hello, come on in. If that selfing drops out of it, what happens is the interest and attention that has been wedded to that system gets relieved of that yeah, system and then now gets interested and attentive to some other system. Maybe to the spiritual quote-unquote system or the spiritual side, yeah? And maybe a little to the body side. So you actually start feeling the body and start understanding the body a little better, start being able to read its tea leaves when it's attempting to get some message through to you that, hey, you're sick or something's wrong, yes? So the interest and attention now is fueling other aspects of what we call living here. And maybe, just maybe, you'll, do, you'll travel a lot lighter when that distribution occurs. 
So there's a diminishing of the mental condition. And then it's not like there's an increasing in the spiritual condition. It's just the attention that can attend to that is freed up. So now you recognize which you recognize something that was always so, but you weren't attending to it, yes? And it, does it truly exist if, it, if you're not attending to it? In a sense, it doesn't exist for you. So when they say God is everywhere, come on in. When God is everywhere and he's this and that and this and that, it doesn't really, that's not how it's felt for you because your attention isn't sensing that, yeah? Your attention is rooted or obsessed or enslaved with this idea of being a self, which is a mental process, a product of a mental process. So all we're attempting to do is, we're not trying to increase the spiritual condition, we're just questioning the mental condition. And if we're not the center of the mental condition, there'll be a release of attention and interest, and maybe it'll go to where it's going to go. You'll find out. That's the beauty. You won't, you're not going to direct it, you're going to find out where it goes. I noticed when it was free from the mental state, it went back to this one, the I state or the spiritual state, and it had plenty of attention to take it to tend to the situations of the body. Yes? Hello? How are you guys? Good. Have I seen you before? Yes, haven't I? Somewhere, possibly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah? I don't don't think so. No? No. Oh, alright. How do you know about this? Oh, you? All right. Yeah, he's the one. My old sponsor in San Jose. I just moved up here. Oh, yeah? And, yeah, he told me to... Oh, good. What's his name? Rodney. Rodney. Rodney Clark. I probably know if I saw him. Well, good. Welcome. I'm looking to, to meditate, to, to meditate and to get more. I just want to hear. Oh, yeah? You may be in the wrong place then. <laughs> but you may not. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Well, what is it that you're really looking for? Maybe an ease and comfort in your own skin and with everything else, yeah? Yeah, at the moment, yeah. Yeah, so that's like a traveling later. Yeah, so if you can stay open to the possibility that it may, be, it may not be brought about by this, yeah, or it may not be diminished by that. Maybe sake an open mind. You may see that you're in, in a sense, you're being meditated all the time. Yeah. There's an awareness of you going on all the time. Yeah, yeah. And that would give you, for me, to me, it's like being meditated. Yeah, it's a really nice sense because then, right where wherever you are, no matter what posture you're in, it's available to you. Yeah, because it's right where you are at all times, with no requirement necessary. I would say it's actually your innate nature. Like we were talking just earlier about a great Zen master named Huang Po. You know Zen a little bit? Heard of that? It's a Buddhist. Zen is like a it's a it's like a, a, a division of Buddhism in a sense. But this one master would say, you can't seek mind with mind, or you can't seek the Buddha with the Buddha. So in a sense, what he's trying to imply, while you're looking for something, that which is looking is what you're looking for. Yeah? The mind itself is what you're looking for. Now, we may know the mind as a conditional aspect of it called self-centeredness, but that's not mind. That's a mental process. Yeah? Mind is different than that. Yeah? Like they say in Buddhism, the ordinary mind and the enlightened mind are the same mind. Yeah? So... We may be used to having a mind that is very critiquing and judgmental, yes, 
tons of thoughts, tons of opinions, old ideas, beliefs. That's actually a mental process. Yeah? That's not mine. Mine, I would say, is more like being or awareness. Yeah? And that mind is available at all times, right where we are. It is what's seeing right now. There's a feeling that I'm the one who's looking, but what really what's going on is that I, that spirit, is seeing and through every one of us right now. Yeah? And it's available to us. So, uh, so alright, we'll talk a little bit about recovery. So, what's the root of the problem in recovery? You don't know? Uh, well, in the, in the big book, it says, at that point when they wrote it, the root of the problem is... Uh, Obsession with self, yeah? Extreme self-centeredness. If you don't get rid of it, which you're not going to be able to do with human power, it will kill you. Because it's also an axiom that we use in recovery. Self can't get out of self. It's a really important thing to know. And also, there's a statement that we're not people with, with problems, we are the problem. Okay? So this all gets to one point. How can I... So, it also says, in the one in the forewords of the book, it says... We are a hundred men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Yeah? The emphasis is on the word seemingly. If you got a dictionary, check it out or on the, on the computer. One of the definitions of seemingly is it appears to be true or false to you. Yeah? This is really important because it hooks into that you and I are given everything all the meaning it has. So it says seemingly we have recovered from a seemingly, which means it's appearing to be true or false to us. So let's say when you're in the throes of alcoholism, it seems like a hopeless state of mind and body, yes? Yet, many people have recovered, so obviously it couldn't have been a hopeless state of mind and body, or there wouldn't have been any uh, opportunity to recover, yeah? If it was truly a hopeless state of mind and body, we might as well just keep getting loaded until we die, yeah? But it was seemingly a hopeless state of mind and body. So part of the disease of alcoholism is you're believing false evidence and, it's, and it appears real to you. Yeah? So false evidence appears real to us quite often. So a seemingly hopeless state of mind or body is, appears to be a hopeless state of mind or body. And when it's a hopeless state of mind or body, you're living in basically a fuck it and you're, gonna do whatever, you know, you're just going to do whatever it tells you, you know. To me, the opposite of surrender to a higher power when you surrender to the idea of being a self or to alcoholism, instead of like, hallelujah, it's fuck it. You know, that's the word that goes with the surrender to self. When you finally go, fuck it, I'm tired of trying to be good, I can't stop, I'm just, it, it floods you with, you know, solutions, which is let's get loaded or sleep with your friend's wife or whatever. Some great, great idea. <laughs> and then it sounds really good. So the false evidence needs us to appear real to. Yeah. We make it seem to be so. We can make false evidence seemingly to be true. Yeah. This is what we do. This apparatus gives meaning to everything. Yeah. That's why it's called a subjective experience. You and I are not experiencing everything the same way because our experience is subjectified. Yes, You see it from where you're looking at it from. I see it from what I'm looking at it from. And you and I give it a lot of meaning. And then we believe it has that meaning. We don't realize our role in it, that we gave it the meaning. And this is sort of... This runs into the idea of, hey, you're the problem. If you are the problem, good luck. 
<laughs> but the reason why it seems like you're the problem, because I believe it's identification as self. So when you're identified as a self, you seem to be the problem. But the good news is you're not that, so therefore there's freedom from that seemingly uh, bondage to self. It's so beautiful, really. Yeah. If you were bonded to self, good luck. You would be a self trying to get out of self because it's not bondage, it's identification as. That's what the case is. So when you identify as something, you live as if you're that, yes? So when you're faced with the, the suffering or the pitiful, incomprehensible demoralization of a life run on self will, when you, when you recognize that and there's a call to do something about it, you're going to do something about it as a self. And therefore, self won't get out of self. That's why it says that any self-knowledge will avail you nothing. What the fuck is that? No, I thought knowledge, knowledge is valuable. It may be, but not when it's claimed by self. It won't lead to freedom from self, yeah? So the beautiful news is, instead of trying to fight and vanquish and kill self, we just want to entertain, maybe I'm not that. <laughs> if you're not that, you won't have much interest in killing it or vanquishing it and this and that. And then you'll have an experience as if it's killed and vanquished. You know? But it won't happen through a big battle of the titans, and we basically, you lose interest in it. Why? Because it's not you. Just like I would lose interest if you came over my house and started complaining about the suffering you're experiencing by entertaining what's not happening, you know, like next week, I would be bored in a minute. You know, I'd just say, please, i got to do the laundry, i got an important appointment or take a big shit or something. Just get out of the room because I'm bored stiff. But the same activity going on here held as mine or about me, I'm incredibly entranced by it. You don't see it? You don't see that it, is, it isn't the thought, it's the mind? It's the mind of the thought? How could it be that that story has absolutely no sticking power on you? You can sit right next to them and you're not suffering at all. You can almost inappropriately laugh about the suffering because to you it's not actually happening. Yeah? I swear. But the same, the same thoughts, if they were happening in seemingly in this location and they were held as mine or about me, they would have a huge effect on this. Yes? They have a huge effect on that. I have an immunity to it as, soon, as long as I see it as yours. They have a huge effect here because I see it as mine. I'm going to attempt, I'm going to entertain that maybe I can look at it like if they're yours. And what would happen if I thought this voice and all this yapping was your voice and yapping about your situation, I'd have an immunity to it, yes? I wouldn't be affected by what's not happening because it wouldn't be about me. That's the solution. Just like it says in the book, you'll have place in a position, you'll be established in a certain condition of reliance on some power greater than yourself, and things will happen to you. You'll lose interest in yourself, and, in, and you know what I mean, and gain interest in others. That's exactly what happens. You lose interest in the self, not yourself. The your is what causes you to be interested in it. You lose interest in the self because it's not yourself. <laughs> I mean it. I've seen it. <laughs> so, I mean, what used to take as the sirens of Ulysses, 
it's like a lousy, tinny AM, FM transistor when you were a kid. You can't even make out the song anymore. It's just blah, blah, blah. So you hear it, but you don't listen to it anymore. You have immunity to it. You have immunity to it. You are now relieved of the bondage of self. Yeah? What is the bondage of self? Being identified as one. That's the bondage of self. Yeah? Because now, every time you'll be bonded by escape, because you'll be escaping as a self, which is not going to be an escape at all, right? You'll be bonded by the suffering, you'll be bonded every which way you go. When you move towards the light, you'll be bonded, being identified as the one who's moving towards the light. When you're thinking you're in hell, you'll be bonded to that. You'll be bonded every way. It's not like, it's only when you're you're only bonded by a bad self, and then you're liberated as a good self. No, it's bondage of self. It goes either way. Yeah. So it's a simple little invitation. If you got the the uh, way of life of AA already, then this is just about illuminating it a little more. Or if you're desiring to meditate and improve that conscious contact, if you look at a statement in the book that says, you know, our daily reprieve from alcoholism is contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Yeah? So our daily reprieve, which is that's the promise, you'll be freed from the effects of alcoholism today. It's not for the rest of your life. You're going to live it a day at a time. So, but your, your promise of reprieve from that influence of, of active alcoholism a day at a time, if, if you maintain your spiritual condition, yes? Now, what would happen if you saw yourself as a spiritual condition? Wouldn't be, that be the highest form of maintaining a spiritual condition? I mean, the highest form of maintaining anything is to be it, really. If I am a spiritual condition, that's the highest form of maintenance. <laughs> I don't have to put on a certain jacket and identify as a holly driver. I don't have to have a certain uniform to identify as that. I don't have to join a certain club to identify as that. No matter what my circumstances and situations, I am that. Yeah? No matter how my the thought system is picturing me, there's already a previous picture of me. Yeah? And that produces the immunity. Then you'll travel later, a day at a time. And then a lot of things you think are really important and maybe necessary may not seem so after a while. Your whole distribution and and importance will shift. The cards will be shuffled. And, a, yeah. and you're, you're at a position where you can't know. You'll never know. Just like in a day. At 8 in the morning, you get a card. It's like a card game. You get the 8 a.m. card. The 8 a.m. card is, I feel a little hungover from that burrito I ate last night. Yes, or whatever. Yeah. The coffee sucks. It's really acidy. Yeah. But you can't get it. You, don't, you can't know the 4 p.m. card until you get the 4 p.m., right? That's how life does it. Life deals you a card at the 8 a.m. card at 8 a.m. Then it deals you a 4 p.m. card at 4 p.m. The mental process wants to speculate what the card game is going to look like at 4 p.m. That's playing God. Yeah? It doesn't know. It has no fucking clue what it's going to look like at 4 p.m. But it has tons of ideas about it. Yeah? And those ideas, what do they do? They don't piss on the 4 p.m. moment. They piss on the 8 a.m. moment. 
So your desire to know what it's going to be like actually affects what it's like now. So with the promise that maybe it's going to be terrible or really good, it steals the moment from you. It's like a heist. It says, oh, look here, and then it takes this moment. You're preoccupied with there and then, and you're not aware here. That's meditation, is to be conscious now. That's meditation, to be conscious of now. Yeah? And then, I used to run into these people that, uh, when I did the four-step workshop in the city, yeah. and they were, they would always be doing inventories, writing down everything, fear, all the time, and they would always they'd say, why, uh, and they would talk to me about it, and I said, you know, that's great, but I'd rather get to a point where I don't need an inventory, I'd rather outgrow fear, I don't want to learn how to manage it better, I want to outgrow it, yeah? So, the best tool to me is a tool that's not being used. <laughs> I just love it. I love knowing the tools there, but not using it's much better. <laughs> so, I want to see what caused me to grow into anxiety, because something did. You'd learn an anxiety when you were a baby. Even if it was crazy around you when you were really young, you had no idea. Yeah. You were just drenched in that awareness. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> so I grew into something like it says in the, in the program it says you'll outgrow fear obviously you grew into it so then you'll outgrow it yeah? what is that? what's that? I would say when the mental condition is really amplified you're going to be in a lot of anxiety yeah? because the mental condition has one freeway it's called time it only has it goes only has two gears in the car it's in, which is back and forth. It goes through the past and then projects to a future. It refers to the past, projects to a future, and you're basically traveling on an imaginary timeline from there to then. And basically, it moment this moment is just a speed bump. Yeah, you just go over it. It's an inconvenience, but this is the only thing that's actually happening. And so it's just entertaining there and then. And it's picturing you somewhere else at some other time and being concerned about it, let's say, or being regretful about it, or being proud about it, or being nostalgic about it. But it's doing some mental activity to reaffirm that this is you. This is worthy to be fixated over. That's living in the mental realm. You're not aware of consciousness, no, not at all. You don't even know, like they used to beat into us when we were kids in Catholic school, the three qualities of, of the Godhead, which was it's omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent, meaning it's everywhere, it knows all, yeah? And well, I don't know what the other one, and he's all powerful. Well, then why the fuck aren't you feeling it, if it's everywhere? You must be somewhere and everywhere, don't you think? <laughs> How can you escape everywhere? <laughs> There's no special somewhere. It's, it's just everywhere. How, why aren't we rubbing against it? Why aren't we sensing it? Yeah, Because you can't sense it with the mental realm. The mental realm formulates a way of seeing, which is a form of looking called self-centeredness. And if that form of looking is the dominant glasses you're wearing, you will not see spirit. You will not sense the presence. You'll have ideas about it, yeah? You'll have memories that you once experienced it, and you may have hopes that you will one day experience it, but you're not seeing the ever-presence of what's happening. 
Yeah? Because you're busy looking, called self-centeredness, which is a form of blindness. It really is. But if that would diminish, and which that's what I believe the 12 steps do, and the way of life of AA, it diminishes the mental preoccupation so that your attention and interest can feed into the spirit. And then you have eyes to see and ears to hear. Just like you do have eyes and ears, but you can't see and hear in the mental realm. All it is is you heard and you saw. You don't see and hear. Yeah? All the seeing and hearing in the mental realm is saw and heard. It's all past tense. It's all dead. It's just reliving itself in speculation and projection. But there's no life to it. You're not seeing or hearing. But so for those who have eyes and ears, they'll see and hear. Well, that's when the, the, mental pro, the, uh, the mental realm gets diminished. And now your attention goes into, let's say, the spiritual and the physical. Yeah? So now you can feel fucking alive. That's what the physicality gives you, a sense of that. And then you'll sense that presence of what always is. Yeah? Instead of being so preoccupied with the story up there in the mental realm. Yes? That's why we do service. You get out of yourself. What self? Mental realm. You don't get out of you, do you? You don't get out of the spirit when you do service. You don't get out of the body when you do service. You get out of what? The mental process, yeah? You get relief from the mental process. That's what we're looking for. Once that gets to a point, the spiritual condition seems to be a little more dominant. You have immunity to the mental condition's parasite, which for us is alcoholism. You have immunity to that, yeah? But the mental condition is where alcoholism spawns and lives. You can't see an x-ray of alcoholism in your body. Yeah? It's in the mental realm. Yeah? That's where it affixes itself. And that's where it structures its whole story. And that's how it does. It takes this position of being you. And now it has caught Blanche to enter every aspect of your life. Because when it's walking into every aspect, you never ask for its papers. You always recognize it as me. So it's giving you counsel about your relationships, your future, your this, your that, your spiritual condition, and it's all bogus information. If you have the book, in big book, read this one page, 64, where it says it clearly, it's very, 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 very clear. It says, being convinced, which means to believe with certainty, you cannot believe with certainty in the mental you need a spiritual revelation. That's what causes certainty. That's what causes unspoken yes. That's what causes that eternal echo, that reverberation, that sense of oneness and acknowledgement of that. That doesn't come from the mental realm. It comes from above, you know, I, let's say. So, okay, being convinced that self, yes, manifested in a lot of different ways. A lot of different ways. Self-pity, self-love, self-aggrandizement, self-emulation, self-confidence, uh, all these different ways. Yeah, But it manifests in a lot of ways. So self manifesting in all these different ways is what has defeated us. That's a very important statement to be convinced of if you're following the logic of the 12 steps. So being convinced that self and then maybe some of its ways will come up when you're listening to self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. We will now look at its self's common manifestations. So the next paragraph it says resentment. 
So if you follow this logic, resentment is a manifestation of self. Yeah? Self defeated us. So we're not self. <laughs> so when we're identified as self, if you ask everyone in this room who's in recovery, they'd have the same answer. What self defeated them? It would be my self. Yeah? So it's act of being identified as a self. That's what defeats me. Self doesn't defeat me. Your self doesn't defeat me. Self defeats me when it's my self. You know? <laughs> That's the very important key. So, all right, I'm going to look at resentments. So, resentment is an expression, yeah, in a life that's been occupied by self. It's a very frequent visitor, isn't it, resentment? Anxiety and fear become a staple or a norm in the atmosphere of self. In the mental realm, rooted in self-centeredness, you're going to be in anxiety quite a lot because you put a lot of, lot of importance on the future and you don't know what it's going to be like, but you have thousands of ideas. And maybe if you have a mind like mine, they tend to lean up towards the negative. You're thinking bad things are going to happen to you. And if you think bad things are going to happen to you, it's going to provoke a reaction. You're going to feel contracted, get a little more nervous, yes? Maybe short of breath, your mind's going to be racing, and you're going to be seeking. <laughs> I want to have some relief right now from that there, that then, which it may never happen, but I'm so sure that it's going to happen, let me get loaded now. Let me get some relief. Let me get some preemptive relief to this unbearability I know is coming. This is called playing fucking God. That's what selfing does. First, quit playing God. Why? It doesn't work. Next, in this drama of life, God will be our boss and will be a servant. So, if you look at the steps linearly, I would say next has some, at least the same or more importance than I mean, first has more importance than next, don't you think? If you look at it in a linear way, if someone was explaining something on a level of importance, he would say, first, this is, in other words, the most important thing, then next would be sort of a little less important. So first, it's quit playing God. Next, the third step. Yeah. Why is that? Well, if, if there's not a recognition you're not what's playing God, that thing that's playing God will play God with the third step. And you will have a higher power of its own understanding, self's understanding. You will have that. And maybe that's understanding will be, man, that was great, I got a parking space in front of the meeting, or I got a date for the first time, or something like that. You're going to be... <laughs> it's going to be providing little tokens that you'll get excited about. When, if you would recognize... Let God ha have its own understanding and let it reveal itself to you. But not through self, but to you. Or through you. Yeah? And in other words, you'll find out what God is instead of knowing what God is. Yeah? Knowing what God is really crimps God, I'm telling you. Because it's framed by self-centeredness. You're not, you're going to catch, it's like an ant trying to describe a whole elephant. You're going to get a very little take on the, the back of the elder, where the, where the ant is at. You're going to take that to be the whole elephant. That ain't the whole elephant. That ain't the whole enchilada. Yeah? There's a whole lot more available, but not to you as a self. Because self will play God. It will put the frame where the powers can come in. 
it will frame everything, yeah? Unless a moment of grace, which happened to me, when I got sober, it was just a regular day at the office, yeah? I had, I had tons of bottoms, but I moved into them. I just I got quite used to living on bottoms, except I kept getting evicted to lower bottoms. But it's quite I'm I'm just as adaptable as cockroaches. I can fucking I can I can live behind refrigerators and wait for the light to go off. I can. I, I, my left right arm's bleeding. I just look the other way all day. I just fucking ignore it and hopefully it goes away. You know? <laughs> so I was just sitting there, regular day in your office, drinking some vodka with some guy I didn't know waiting to see if someone had money who was going to come so we get some drugs and grace occurred and overrode the selfie and then something was revealed not to self but but around self it got into me into mind and that solution has been activated for 24 years now I've been sober ever since that day and it's not slowing up it's actually the momentum's getting stronger and stronger the less I have to do it yeah that's what we're that's what we're we're available to is that grace because the 12 steps will diminish the mental condition then what's already so will become obvious to you and that will be the living immunity to the mental realm yeah you'll be hearing the thoughts but you won't be listening to them as much yeah they won't have that pull they used to have because they won't be about you, which they never were, and they won't be yours. You're not doing it, and they're not about you either. <laughs> if they're yours, you're bound to put, put, your attention is bound to go there. Just like if you were watching in a park and there was 30 kids there, your attention is going to go to your kid more than the others, right? Exact same thing. A thought is held as yours is going to have a lot more oomph than a thought. When it's your thought, whoa, it has a lot, a lot more wallop, yeah? you got to see the, 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 the trip of the my. The my is a major, it's like the coupling event where conscious contact is claimed and you become the one who's conscious. The emphasis now leaves the scene and goes to the seer and seen, yes? And... This one conditional mind is giving the meaning of the seer and giving the meaning of what's seen. It's playing God with conscious contact. It's claiming conscious contact and it's making an interpretation based on its own little fucking story. And I'm telling you, it's blind. It only sees the past. So in this sense, this just allows you to be a free-range alcoholic, really. You're freed. You have parameters. If I shot some coke tonight, I'd probably be fucked pretty quickly. But as long as I don't, it's sort of like having a big a big house. But there was before there was a big dog in that house. You called it yours. You called it so much yours. You called it you. <laughs> it was beyond yours. It was you. That big dog demanded a lot of attention. You had to walk it, feed it, clean up after it. It's biting people left and right, growling everyone, growling at you. Won't let you out of the house, you know. Yeah. So you have the house, but you're not accessing it. So do you actually have the house? It's almost as, as if you don't. Well, that to me is like alcoholism. Now the 12 steps put that big dog asleep, and then you get the run of your life. Yeah? As long as you don't throw any bones near it and don't tease it. Don't fucking abstinence is the key to me. I don't it's, see when I have abstinence, I don't have any thought about anything anymore. I don't ever think about a drink or a drug, ever. Because it's such an absolute to me. 
You know, I don't throw bones near the dog. I don't, what if I did this? Let me, well, let me come on, come on, see if I can wake it up. No, 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 I've seen too many people do that. So now when the dog's asleep, I have to run in the house, yeah? So this has certain limitations I can't cross. I can't be lying to people too much. <laughs> I can't be doing this, I can't be doing that. It just doesn't work. Maybe you can, I don't know, but for me it doesn't. So as long as I live those basic guidelines, yeah, they're called like guardrails, G-O-D, then I have, I have, I'm free range. I can do basically anything else, yeah. Wouldn't you like that? You're enjoying it, aren't you? You feel you're a lot more spacious. That's the whole point. That's just, perhaps there's a better way, instead of trusting some, something finite, which is a product of a mental condition. And then moving to trusting something infinite, which is, if you want to give it names, the spiritual condition. And you'll see, maybe you'll wear the spiritual condition a lot better than the mental condition. Yeah? And maybe the physical condition will be left freaking alone. Yeah? And you'll find out that it's pretty fucking magical. So that's the whole thing. Take, yeah? Recognize what's the root of the problem. Because I believe obsession with self is what the mind does that's identified itself. It has to obsess over it because that's the glue to keep the bondage of self in place. Yeah, Because it's like water and oil. It doesn't mix. Yeah, So it has to have a glue and it needs to apply it every day and that's the thought system. Yeah, That yapping going on in your head all day. To me, that's the glue that's being applied so that the mind will take itself to be a self. And in that case, its own interest and attention will bond it to it. Because if you're not, let's say if I had a tumor here, a big tumor, yeah, and I was, in the, I was under the assumption that the tumor was me, so what would I do? How would I live with the tumor? Instead of, I'd have to get shirts that were tailored so the tumor could be, you know, out here. Maybe I could level it off and use it like an armrest while driving, you know what I mean? You can go like this or just push it up. Whatever, put something there. All this, and then someone finally says, "What the fuck are you doing, Paul? You can get that removed. Make an appointment." And it's like an incredible revelatory idea. What? You mean this isn't me? And now, what's what the problem is? When you recognize this isn't me, you go, "But I invested so much in the shirts. I'm gonna, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I want to get rid of the tumor." Because all my outfits fit. <laughs> That's the secondary thing you've got to see. The mind loves what it's made, the selfie. So even when it's, it recognizes it's driving itself crazy, it still cherishes it in a way. The point is, it's nice to see you're not that. Then you can go have the operation. Yes? And you'll, be, and you'll have the, the understanding, there'll be new shirts coming. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. This vacuum this is going to create will be filled by something else. You know? Because a lot of people are afraid to make a move because they're afraid of losing what they have. Or not getting what they want. Yes? So even when they hear the message, you're not that. They've got, their mind has so much investment in it, they still are going to keep trying to be really much better as that. Yeah? In other words, they'll even try to take this message and improve that with it. Yeah? They'll become a better self, a more enlightened or spiritual self. It's ridiculous. A mental product 
of a mental process cannot become spiritual. It's mental through and through. Yeah? It's conceptual. It's made up. It's not true. So if you want to meditate, meditate on that. Meditate. Who is it that wants to meditate? Question it. There seems to be a subject there, right? It's always being inferred or implied or thought of or assumed. It's like in Buddhism they say, don't mistake the finger that's pointing to the moon as the moon. Yeah. So All that selfing is, is a finger pointing at an imaginary moon. You never see the moon. You just assume there's you. Every action is claimed, and so therefore there's an assumption you're the one who's doing it. Yeah? Every thought is seen and claimed, and now you're the thinker of it. Yeah? Every vision is now you're seeing it. You're the hearer of it. You're the feeler of it. This is just a giant heist. It has nothing to do with... Seeing goes on without a you, I'm telling you. Consciousness is what's seeing. It doesn't say, let's improve your contact. It says conscious contact. Yeah? I would say what's in contact here, seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, and touching is consciousness. Yeah, A sense or a movement of no-thingness. It's not a body, and this body ain't doing it. I'm telling you. Yeah. Try to become conscious. Try it. Try it. All right. You already are. So how can you become conscious? You are conscious. <laughs> That's the point. Oh, I want to improve it. A mental process is going to improve the consciousness, contact. Just see you're not a mental process. That will improve it. Yeah? Because the emphasis will go into the conscious level instead of the mental level. Yeah? Your life is either enriched or enslaved by attention. Attention is either enriching your life or enslaving it. That's what it does. It, it manifests through the vehicle it's put in. If you put your faith in this thought system, you're going to be living in anxiety you're going to be a nervous wreck. Because you're going to believe all of its fucking speculations about what's going to happen and its stories about what did happen. Yeah? But if you took that attention, you, but if the attention could be relieved from that bondage and you'll find out where it may go, it may go to somewhere where it can rest and abide in, where that attention will be able to enjoy peace of mind. Yeah? We'll be able to enjoy the conscious presence of something, of nothing, really. We'll be able to learn how to face life successfully. We'll be reborn, you know, with no thought or effort on its part. We'll be placed in a position of neutrality. Cease fighting everyone and anything. Feel a new power flow in. Become conscious of a presence. When you, when the mental abs, mental condition diminishes, and in a sense you become absent, that's what's the presence. Your awareness of the presence is based on your absence. If you lose interest in self, you'll become more aware of the presence. It's just the way it goes. Yeah. If you want to be aware of the presence as self, that's another absence. The presence will seem absent. It'll be held as either an experience you once had or an experience you hope you have. But it will never be available now. Yeah. Check it out. Watch it. It's 
So when I lose interest in this, I gain interest. Like since the presence, yeah, I can enjoy peace of mind because now I don't believe in time so much. Yeah. If you watch the thought system, it values past and future more than present. Yes. If you will look at the thought system, it pictures you as a body. Yes. Yes. When it, when it talks to you, it talks as if it's the owner of the body. So it doesn't really take itself to be a body. It takes itself to have a body. So the mental process thinks it's something other than the body. Yeah? It has no idea what spirit awareness is because that's nothing and it's always something. That's the only thing mental processes are. They make something. Yeah? Nothing can't be registered or, or, or recognized because it doesn't have the ability to see nothing. It only sees things, thoughts, things, yes? So it's blind. It has no idea that there's, a, that there's a, this realm, in a sense. None whatsoever. Yet it has a spiritual realm in its own mental realm. It's made up, a, it's doctored up or bastardized an idea of spirituality and made it into the mental realm. So this made, its big approach is, first of all, i got to look spiritual. Got to get the whites, you know. Get that loving gaze in place. <laughs> yes. I love to rip your throats out, but I just love you all. Yes. You know, get the books together, get the spiritual resume. I've done eight retreats. I was buried in the desert for seven days. I had so many experiences. I think I've really found myself. You know, this is what it does. It just tries to mimic what it thinks spirituality would look like or be like or seem like, yes? Spirituality is closer than your breath. You know? Yeah. Like when you close your eyes... Do you just, does your vision stop? Do you see like the inside of your cheekbones? No, it's just mind opens up, yeah? You, you can entertain a sense of space. Yeah, so, you have any questions? How long have you been sober? You might be asking. Uh, all five years. Five years, good.